Well, that could be my life story, really. Seeing the goodness of God, I really could... That would be fantastic to talk about that today. But we're going to talk about some other things. I'm Steve. I'm one of the leaders here. And I want to give you all a really warm welcome. We want to be family. And we want to discover Jesus together. Whether you're new to church or whether you have been following Jesus for a long time. Everyone is really, really welcome. We live in a world that is crazy about money. Money makes the world go round, someone said. Probably our number one thing, I think, is actually we want to be happy. Happiness probably is the thing we really, really want. But in order to be happy, the thing that we were probably put to give us that might be love or it might be money. You've guessed it. We want to, we're going to talk about money today. Hooray! So, it does seem the church is even in the business of um, being crazy about money, or seems in on the act. Um, you know, the church is always looking for money for the new roof. Um, yeah, story about a little girl that swallowed a 20p piece um, in church, and the mum says, go to the vicar, because he'll get it out. He can get money out of anybody. <laughs> You know, that, um, that's the, the church. In every church, we really don't talk about money very much. Perhaps once a year, maybe slightly more occasionally. But happy days, today's the day. You're, happy, you're up for that, I hope. Okay, because it is an important subject. I, I do need to be up front as well. Every church does need more money, more giving, actually, if we're going to continue over the next few years doing what we do. So... That's up front, that's how it is. But you also need to know that we planned probably 18 months ago to look at Luke's gospel, the second half of it. And there is no way you can do a series on Luke's gospel without looking at money. Somebody has calculated that Jesus talks in some shape or form about money 25% of the time. That's incredible, isn't it? So we've decided as a leadership of church that every one in four sermon from now onward, this year is going to be about money, okay? I am just kidding, of course. So why did Jesus talk about money so much? Was he trying to build a new roof for the temple? Did he want the latest donkey, you know, the go faster donkey, the one that got to the places quicker or whatever? Not at all. Jesus was always about love. That we might experience God's love and know it so much in our hearts that we would give it away to other people. That's what Jesus was really about. And Matt Dobson spoke last week about Jesus saying, what is the greatest commandment? The greatest commandment all is to love God and to love your neighbour as yourself. And I think that Jesus knew that having a generous heart or a loving heart is not really too different. Jesus knows that if we sort out the money question in our lives, then our whole lives will be blessed. I recently heard a talk that said that Jesus talks so much about money, 25% has something in it, because he knows 
us. That if we are generous with our money, we will know more of God's abundant life and love in our hearts. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Interestingly, secular research has actually shown that as well. Um, a book, recent secular book, called The Paradox of Generosity, subtitled Giving We Receive, Grasping We Lose, by Christian Smith and Hilary Davison. This is a secular book based on their research, they state. Generosity is paradoxical. Those who give receive it back in turn. By spending ourselves for others' well-being, we enhance our own. In letting go of some of what we own, we better secure our own lives. By giving ourselves away, we ourselves move forward into greater flourishing. This is not only a philosophical or religious teaching, it is a sociological fact. The author stressed that positive effects of generosity flows to those that value generosity and make it a habit of life. Giving a one-off gift in an emergency situation or occasion, just once giving the blood or whatever actually doesn't hack it. The blessing of generosity accumulates to those that have internalised generosity so it is part of their DNA. Generosity is more like love. The more you give away, the more you get back. And they quote, quoting again from this book, the paradox of generosity study found that generous people were happier, healthier, had more friends, enjoyed more benefits, were more prosperous, thrived in life. The ungenerous ones were poorer in spirit and often financially they had less purpose, they lived for themselves, they were sicklier, they were lonelier. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. He obviously knew what he was talking about, didn't he? So let's read a bit more from Luke's Gospel that talks a bit about this. From Luke 12. And we really could have chosen a whole load of chapters to talk about money this morning. Uh, leading, reading from Luke 12, 22 to 34. And I'm going to pick out a few things on this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things. Your father knows that you need them. 
but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, O little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Of course, Jesus is not talking about being careless with money. I think it's a Jewish hyperbole, exaggeration. Um, Elsewhere, he talks about financial responsibility. But he's talking about focus. Do not set your heart on these things. Instead, the priority is seeking the kingdom of God. So why should we be generous? That's the question we're asking. Generosity, why should we be generous? The first thing, the need is great. And God has a real heart for the poor. Go sell your possessions and give to the poor. Proverbs 14.31, I think, sums this up so well. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. But whoever is kind to the needy honours God. A very powerful verse. Another reason why we should be generous is because God is generous. Often we don't give because we're a bit worried about the future. We hold back because we think, now will I have enough later on? I get the privilege of serving at food bank from time to time. And often... There is extra food that's just about to go out of date and it's put on a table in the middle of Ebby Church. And most, well, quite a few people, when you say to them, oh, you can, have a look, you can go and look at that table um, and there's some more food there, some of them will say, well, I'm not really worthy of that and um, um, I, I'm not too bad and they won't go. But eventually you kind of persuade them to have a look at this just free table of food and they'll pick out a few things. But every now and again, there's someone who will come along. As soon as you tell them, they go for it and grab it. They go for, they get lots of bags and they go, you know, and stuff everything in it. And, you know, they're so energetically going for it because they're so needy. And they don't know where the next money, next food is going to come from. There's a huge need. So they grasp it, not knowing where it's going to come from. I think... We as Christians, we need to realise we can give away because our Father provides for us. He is a good, good Father. He will provide for us. For the pagan world runs after such things and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. God will give them to you. Somebody I've got to know in the last couple of years uh, became a Christian in his 20s. And he said to God, he said to Jesus, I'll follow you, um, but I don't want it to be boring. (laughs) And as he did that, he was walking along a beach, a coast in South Africa. And alongside this path, there were houses and gates that came down to the path. And as he was walking along, this guy opened a gate and um, said to him, he said, you're English, aren't you? He said, yes, I am. He said, "Um, 
I've got two tickets to go to Gatwick Airport from South Africa. Would you like one of them? And uh, he said, oh, yes, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll have one of those, because the guy couldn't use it anymore uh, for some reason. And um, this guy in his 20s, he had very little money. He decided, yeah, okay, I'll go and do that. So he gets this plane back to Gatwick. He has a little bit of money that enables him to get from Gatwick to one of the London um, stations. And then he gets to the London station, he has nothing. And he's thinking, how am I going to get to my sister's house in the suburbs? He looks around and after a few moments, he sees on the ground a ticket that has been unused. And he picks it up. And he's able to change this ticket for the station that he needs to go to. Then he gets, then he gets to the station near to his sister's house. He's thinking, well, how am I going to get to my sister's? It's several miles away still. And he finds five pounds on the floor. So he picks it up and he gets the bus to his sister's house. And he's, not only has he got enough money to buy the bus ticket, but as he, as he goes along, he's got enough money to buy a pint of milk and some bread. So he walks into his sister's house with a pint of milk and, a bread, and bread in his hand, and there he is. And he would testify that his life has not been boring following Jesus. It's an incredible story, true story of what happened to him. Another friend of mine that I've got to know recently um, is a lady that went with us last year to South Africa and she was fundraising to go to South Africa on mission. And she went to Tesco's and as she was in Tesco, her flatmate uh, phoned her up and said, we actually need some loo roll. So she bought some loo roll. She went back home and um, opened this sealed packet to use the loo roll. And um, there inside of this packet was £19 worth of money, which was in the currency of South African rand. She was funding to go to South Africa and she knew that was a provision of God and God was leading her to go there. And I know her well. I've quizzed her about it. I am, I am sceptical and I quizzed her about what actually happened. God did something amazing in that God uh, is our Heavenly Father. He is the one who is good, good Father who can provide for us. You see God's generosity in every, so many scriptures that we could look at. For reason, Jesus looks in the passage we read, he talks about the flowers of the field. He talks about the birds of the air. There's a generosity that is expressed in creation. There's a generosity in Jesus coming. God gave his only son. There is a generosity of wisdom. He says, if anyone lack wisdom, you should ask God. There is a generosity that Paul is convinced about as he prays. He prays, God, out of your glorious riches, give us something. There is something about God that he is, he, he is generous. But some think that if you give £10 to God, he'll give you 100 back. God isn't a slot machine. He calls us to seek first his kingdom. We should be seeking him and him first. Yes, he will provide us. 
And we rightly run away with what is often known as sort of the prosperity gospel, that God wants you to be wealthy, that he is guaranteeing you to be wealthy. If you follow him, you will be wealthy. And we rightly run away from that. But not everything. I think the world is more complex. Not everything that God wants happens. And it is not just the fault of the individual that we don't get everything that God wants in our lives. But in going away from the prosperity gospel, I think sometimes we lose sight of the provision of God, the generosity of who he is, that he wants to bless his people in so that we might be able to give away, that we might be able to flourish. And I'm not necessarily saying it's always material. You understand that. God is wanting to bless us so that we have something in us that I think we can give away. For example, reading 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says this. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, that you have what you need. And you will abound in every good work. Isn't that encompassing? You see, God, I believe God, is no man's debtor. He is no man's debtor, it says in Galatians. So, God has a heart for the poor. God is generous. But we come back to Jesus, that where we started, that if we are generous with our money, we will know more of God's abundant love and joy in our hearts. You see, as we give, something inwardly breaks. You know, there's a breaking of our selfish, me, me, me mentality. We're giving away. It, it, it breaks something in us. And in the passage we read, it says... Verse 34, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. When you give to something, your heart begins to go towards that thing. So what should we do if we don't feel like giving? You're feeling guilty, you, you know, we do, don't we? If we're honest. After all, I read a passage there that said you should Give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God does love us to do things cheerfully. If I give £10, God is pleased, to be sure, and I give that cheerfully. But he also knows that I could give hundreds of pounds. Is it right that I should only give the £10 that I cheerfully want to give? I don't think it is. I think I need to get on my knees and I need to ask God to change my heart so that progressively I move towards giving the right amount and give it joyfully, give it cheerfully, give it out of love, not duty, nor guilt, nor legalism. I think the process of giving beyond what my heart wants looks a bit like this. 
I think that as I, I give, it breaks something in my heart. It, it, there's breaking this love and me mentality. As I give beyond where my heart is feeling it wants to go, I have to cry out to God for him to help me, to change me. There's a kind of dependency. And I think as we give and we cry out to God, there's, there's a growing in our hearts to be more expansive and outgiving and open-handed to people. My aim today is not to make you feel guilty about what you give. That uh, is not what I want to do at all. But I want to be like Jesus, who talked about so much about money, because he was wanting us, as we give, to be more full of his love and grace and generosity. It's more blessed to give than receive. Two men were shipwrecked on an island. The minute they got onto the island, one of them started screaming and yelling, We're going to die! We're going to die! There's no food! There's no water! We're going to die! The second man was propped up against a palm tree and acting so calmly it drove the first man crazy. Don't you understand? We're going to die. The second man replied, you don't understand. I make a hundred thousand a week. The first man looked at him quite dumbfounded and he asked, what difference does it make? We're on an island with no food, no water, we're going to die. The second man answered, you just don't get it. I make a hundred thousand a week. I tithe 10% on that 100,000 a week. My pastor will find me. <laughs> so, what should we give? Difficult question, isn't it? How much should we give? In some ways, it's an extremely personal question between us and God. Should we give a tenth of our income to God as they did in the Old Testament? And there's even some debate, it perhaps it should be even more than that that they did in the Old Testament. Jesus seems to endorse this view, doesn't he? Luke 11 verse 42. Woe to you Pharisees because you give a tenth of your mint, rue and all kinds of garden herbs. They put it to excess, didn't they? But you neglect justice and the love of God you should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Jesus criticizes the religious Pharisees of the day for failing the priority of justice and love of God. But he also says you should not neglect the former, the tithe, the tenth. So one view amongst Christians is therefore we should give the tenth of our income to God. And some people even go further than that and say, it should really come from that which feeds you spiritually. So you should be given to that which feeds you spiritually. So you should give your 10% of your income to your church. 
A second view is that Jesus is talking to the Jews of his day. This was, his, this was before his death and resurrection. We don't have the temple today. We don't have the sacrificial system. So we actually don't, we're not under that kind of law, that legalism, that tenth, that, that kind of scenario. And for some that lets them off the hook. And, and there is a big emphasis on being Give as you want to. God loves a cheerful giver. And I think there is much to be said about giving cheerfully. God loves that. But sometimes that's kind of a let us off the hook kind of thing. But most people who take the second view that the Old Testament system, and we're not under that, actually say we should be way more generous than 10%. Ouch. That's quite hard, isn't it? Because when you look at the teaching of Jesus and the teaching of Paul, he, they are way more generous. Let's read in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. There are two whole chapters about giving generosity that Paul talks to the Corinthians in chapter 8 and verse 9. Verse 8, chapter 8, verse 1. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. <clears throat> He's talking to the Corinthians. He's showing what did the Macedonians do to try and encourage them to give generously. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy, their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I myself, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Sacrificially gave, implied beyond just the 10%. I'd suggest. However, for some of you, 10% is way too much today because of your circumstances. You need to hear that, some of you. Maybe due to debt, maybe because you're struggling financially, trying to make ends meet. You have a, a non-Christian partner. Maybe this teaching of giving 10% is, whoa, I never heard that before. I've only ever given, you know... 1% or, you know, a couple of hundred pounds to here in this charity and that charity, they're suddenly giving 10%. Ooh, ouch. But what I'd suggest to do is start where you can. And whatever your situation, however hard up you are, I would encourage you to give a little, whatever, however small it might be. And then I want to suggest, I want to suggest a few suggestions. They're not rules, they're guidelines, they're not how you must do it. This is the church, this is telling you what to do. No, this is about a suggestion. The first suggestion is this, that we should give regularly to things and we should give regularly to our church. Unlike some churches, we don't have a policy that says, you must give 10% to your church. We want you to have the freedom to give where your heart wants to give in so many different areas. But I do, but I have, again, no policy, but, and this is me personally thinking, I think there's much to be said that you should give a good or a high percentage of your giving should be given to your church. Now, I can say that because I don't get paid by the church, right? Let's get that, quite, get that there. I volunteer for the church, right? So I can say this, 
But why do I say this? I'm saying this for two reasons. One is Paul very clearly encourages us to give to the church. 1 Timothy 5.17 The elders who direct the affairs of the church are worthy of double honour, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For scripture says, do not muzzle the ox while it's treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. So in other words, don't get the ox to tread the grain out and, um, and um, muzzle him for whatever. Yeah. So there's, there's a principle there, isn't there? And secondly, what you need to know is if you give to Ebby's general expenses, we give away a lot of that. We give away to our, our global partners. We support good causes locally. We're involved in the community and, and doing things. And often as leaders, we know more the needs of people than perhaps most people do. So that's why giving to general expenses so that we can give away is a good thing. So that's the first thing. The first suggestion was a regular giving. The second is, I think we, sh we should have some kind of blessing pot, if you want to call it that. That we can, we've got, we're saving some extra money that we can be, bless the poor. We can see someone who's poor, we can see a need, we can give as they arise. It does our hearts good to just respond to things and we can see where that money is going. There's the immediacy of knowing that we've met someone need. It changes something within us. And the third thing I want to do, say as a suggestion is something about a graduated tithe, okay? Most books on money I've read talk about this as a suggestion. It is a suggestion. The idea is that the more you earn, the more you should give away in percentage terms. So if you earn, say, £100,000, Giving away 10% is pretty easy, really. You could still live off the remainder of the 90,000 or whatever it is after tax. Oop, maybe you should be giving more, 20, 30% if you're earning 100,000. There was a recent BBC Scotland article where this non-Christian man started with 10%. He earns over 100,000, I should say, and he is now giving away 75% of his income. Amazing. Perhaps a fourth suggestion is sometimes in life there's a place for a, a radical gift, a radical large gift that we perhaps might have saved up for that we should do. Because like David in the temple, when he started to, wanted to raise money for the temple, they gave radically and there's a place for that. Imagine this morning this being true of us that as we give as we give God begins to change our hearts and we're more full of his love reading 2 Corinthians 9 it says in the context of giving and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work I'm convinced that God is no man's debtor. God is no man's debtor. As we give to him, he will bless us. And as Jesus spoke so much about money, if we are generous with our money, we will know more of God's abundant love and joy. 
Jesus said it is more blessed. Literally that word is makarios, which means happy. We'll be more happy to give than receive. 